being the chairman of Remax is a pretty significant thing. What he taught me about employees, right? That he went 38 years bragging about having the same team and it was the biggest mistake that held him back and held the other people back as well. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. Hey, Dave. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining me. We are looking at the amazing, and we are good to see you again, co-founder, of course, and uh, chairman of Remax, a small little company selling a little bit of real estate over the world. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. This is one of my dear friends, Brian Bogard. Um, obviously, Remax has changed over the years, but what I really wanted to ask you is the mindset behind the market. You know, I, I'm old enough uh, to have experienced uh, and made some huge mistakes over the years, uh, a market that is up and a market that is down, interest rates that are high, interest rates that are low. But what I have found is that there's opportunity in everything in real estate, that it is the number one place to put your money if you have the right guidance, which is something that you have based everything you do on is providing the right information so that people can make the right decisions, no matter what the market is, to make money with the probably the biggest investment that the average American will ever make in their life. Uh, obviously, we're, the market's moving quickly. What have you learned about creating opportunity where other people don't see it? Well, I think that uh, uh, we've often heard that Darwin said the strongest of the species survives. Uh, that isn't what he said. He said the most adaptable of the species survives. The dinosaurs were the strongest 100 million years ago. They're gone, but the mosquitoes still here. So it's realistically, it's uh, on the part of both the investor and the vendor, maybe the realtor, uh, to be adaptable to the current conditions. Uh, you can't do uh, today's work with yesterday's methods and expect to be in business tomorrow. Oh, amen. Brian, I'd I mean, be honored I, to have Dave here. It's like what? a mic drop moment right there. I, I like he repurposed Darwin's words and just get, brought us even more wisdom behind it. Thank you. That was beautiful. Speaking of adaptability, I think it leans right into where I was going to go because you've done some epic things within your life. You've gone up and attempted a balloon flight into outer space, but you also were paralyzed for over six months. And that's what's led to your next book with the next step. So after all of the epic things that you've done, both intellectually, emotionally, and physically in your world, what would you say is the greatest singular lesson from you being sidelined and paralyzed? And how did you adapt to be able to take your next step? Uh, it's basically never quit. Uh, it's a very simple philosophy. You can get knocked on your butt in the ring. And if you stay down, you lose. Uh, if you find a way to get back up, Maybe you get to the end of the ring or end of the round and uh, catch your breath. So uh, the hardest thing I ever done was uh, going to the hospital thinking I was going to have back surgery, uh, waking up three months later, a quadriplegic, uh, mental capacity of a six-year-old, and uh, told that I would never be able to walk, talk, or do anything again. And it's time for a little pity party. And sit there and say, well, it was me. And uh, I had one bad night and I said, you're kind of a hypocrite, you know? 
You've been given seminars for almost 50 years about you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. Mm. And I said, if I'm going to end up a paraplegic, I've seen some of those guys play basketball and soccer and all the stuff in their wheelchairs, and they're tough. I'll be the best quadriplegic there is, best paraplegic. And so with the attitude of I'm walking out of this place, I just look forward. I love it. Yeah, looking forward so important. Now, it's also a great responsibility to manage over 8,000 offices, 125,000 people uh, in 100 different com- countries. Uh, people in overhead are two of the greatest challenges in business. How have you been able to uh, adapt to having that many people, that much growth and that much overhead? What are some of the lessons that you can share with us uh, if we're achieving great success beyond measure uh, in managing the two things that are most difficult, people and overhead? Well, the most important factor, of course, is you're never going to end with the team you begin with. Mm. That's just a, it's a fact of life that some people will grow with you and some people have a Peter principle and they'll get stuck somewhere. Some people will just lose interest or burn out. And it's up to you as the leader to weed those people out. Uh, when I was younger, I made a classic mistake. I was bragging that in the first 38 years of Remax, I never had an officer quit my company. And uh, uh, I should have fired several of them. Yes. And when I finally had the personal courage to face up to the fact that there are people that need to be gone, uh, no matter how much you like them, no matter how close you are as friendships, you're holding the company back. You're hurting the employees that work for them. You're hurting yourself and you're hurting them because they're pigeonholed. And so you just have to understand that whatever you're going to build, as big as it gets, it's not going to be the same team at the end. The Amen, man. I am in the midst of that lesson because I love, uh, I used to have a problem. I wanted everyone to love me, Dave. And then it became, I love everyone. And I look for the light, the love and the lessons in them but that doesn't help my business and your business outgrows uh, some people and people outgrow your business. Like you said, they, they move on and you're limiting them if they stay with you. So you have to be aware of those people that are just loyal and they're limiting themselves because you don't have the role to fulfill their great potential. So the harder one too is just encouraging people to leave that maybe have outgrown you even. And I, I, I really think that lesson is a takeaway for me. Brian, sorry for interrupting you. Yeah. Uh, no, it's you didn't interrupt me at all. I'm, I'm happy that you recapped that. It was another beautiful one. You know, 50 years you've been in business. It's obvious the wisdom and experience that flows through you. I'd be curious your take on what is similar today as it relates to people, business, and real estate, and what is materially different today than it was when you started. Well, the thing that's similar is the 80-20 rule. 20% of the agents are doing 80% of the business. Uh, 50% of the realtor population has not had a closing in the last 12 months. And so uh, uh, the doers get it done. Uh, that was as true in 1973 as it is today. The thing that's really amazing is how much higher productivity there is amongst the professionals out there. Whereas, you know, back in 73, if you did 20 transactions in a year, you were a superstar. We have teams right now that are doing 500 to 1,000 transactions a year. The thing that uh, uh, has become the biggest change is that 
it's a much more complex uh, business to be in. Uh, 1973, a one-page listing form, a one-page FHA VA purchase agreement. Uh, there were no inspections. Uh, there was no thinking about mapping an area. Are there any sexual predators in the area? You know, all the things that yeah. came up with uh, home inspections, liability, dual agency, uh, the complexity of the business is incredibly tough. And so the best grow with it, and those that don't, they just kind of disappear, I guess. And Dave, one of the things that's nice too is how real estate, uh, the profession, the occupation has embraced technology. And you and I both know, although there was less hurdles, uh, a closing, for example, uh, took a tremendous amount of trees and a tremendous amount of paper and a tremendous amount of time and a tremendous amount of people. Uh, and although there was less pages, uh, you know, I'm amazed when I'm buying properties today with a click of my uh, phone, I, I literally can buy a property in a day almost. Uh, it's so efficient in the financing of a property and the closing uh, in the verification. Where do you see real estate going uh, on the AI side as far as any fractionalized ownership and a variety of technologies that are going to even provide more opportunity in real estate for more people? Yeah, it's hard to say what the future holds. The only thing I can say is the rate of change is accelerating just as the speed of information is accelerating. So when we look uh, to the future, the one thing that has not changed is this is a, a relationship uh, business. Uh, the customer wants a trusted advisor that has their best interest at heart. And uh, you just don't have the time to figure out this whole system yourself. The for sale by owners have basically disappeared from the woodwork. Uh, I bought a beautiful ranch, 3,500 acres about, I guess, 10 years ago. And I paid a full commission to both parties uh, because I wasn't gonna represent myself. Uh, I knew about residential real estate. I knew nothing about farms and land and recreation. And so like any other customer, uh, I needed a trusted advisor. Well, you are, you are a trusted advisor. And uh, I definitely want you to come onto my TV show here in March or April. Uh, the world needs more of you and your wisdom, especially today with what's going on in real estate. Uh, Brian, I know, is inspired by your book. He, he had his arm severed. Uh, from his body, and uh, he he has uh, really embraced my next step. Uh, and you know, for me, in the financial troubles that I had uh, at a younger age, you know, taking things in that mindset, but also the heart set and the hand set, uh, it's okay. The strength inside to be adaptable is, I think, what Dar Darwin uh, definitely subscribed to. That we have to be strong inside to adapt to what's going on outside. And you are an icon uh, here and around the world for someone that is uh, definitely living a life of consistent, persistent pursuit of his own potential, regardless of, of the external circumstances. You're a hero of mine, my friend. I look forward to having you every time. Incredible Dave Lindinger. Ah, sorry, Dave Lindinger. Thank you so much. Uh, he is the chairman of a small company called Remax. Uh, remember, 50% of the agents today have not closed a deal. That should tell you something. It's all in the mind, the heart, and the hands. Let's make it happen together. Thanks for joining us, Dave. Thank you a lot. Bye-bye. Being the chairman of REMAX is a pretty significant
thing. Um, what he taught me about employees, right? That he mm -hmm. went 38 years yeah. bragging about having the same team. And it was the biggest mistake yeah. that held him back and held the other people back as well. And so I am just starting to learn that after 35 years of being a CEO, a leader in business, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to feel good about letting people move yeah. on either by my initiation or by theirs, uh, we are holding ourselves back. If you think, especially now with how quickly things are changing, that the people that you have are capable of doing what you need to be done that have been with you over 10 years, just because they've been with over 10 years, you're, you are absolutely making a big mistake. And it has nothing to do with loyalty or how much you love people. It's about making business doing better business by providing more value, making more money, helping more people and having more fun. That's what I do with Brian Bogert. Check him out, Brian at Brian Bogert, at Bogert Brian. He is my double B, as you can see, and it's a holiday. You are the Presidente of today, my friend. Thank you for joining me. Much love, brother man. Always a pleasure to be here with you and I can't wait to continue to expand. You got it, you.